This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. When companies were tasked with focusing on sustainability, you heard about the term greenwashing, which really was referring to firms who would say they would do something around ESG, but maybe not following through. Now you're starting to hear the term green hushing, which is being tied to firms that are actually doing things to address ESG concerns, but they've decided that they're not going to report the results. They've decided to keep those numbers quiet. Mirko Heinle is uh, Associate Professor of Accounting at the Warren School, and he joins us to take a look at this practice and potential impact that it will have on the ESG landscape. Mirko, a pleasure to have you with us today. Good morning, Dan. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for giving us a few moments today. And, and so this idea of green hushing, it, it, it's, I think it's a bit surprising to me looking from the outside in, in that if a company has kind of taken the step, want to address it, why wouldn't they want to discuss the levels to which they have gone at this point? I mean, I think we have uh, multiple different reasons that sort of could be at play here. Uh, one is sort of very generally speaking, we know that firms know things and do things that they don't like to talk about. Now we've, we know that, that uh, firm managers know much more about the future of their company, and, and they just sometimes don't tell us about it uh, for various reasons. And so, so we really shouldn't expect anything different here. Um, now, as it comes to sort of um, you know, uh, ESG efforts or greenhouse gas emissions, uh, a clear, obvious fear could be one that their goals aren't ambitious enough and that disclosing and, and reporting on, on your own target uh, could, you know, you could face backlash uh, from sort of green investors or, or green stakeholders that it's not ambitious enough. Uh, and on the other hand, we have a severe anti-ESG movement, so, so disclosing any targets could be seen as too ambitious. So, so I think it's very clean that we can sort of see how firms are maybe caught in the trap between, you know, appearing not green enough or too green at the same time. And it's just a matter of, of who do you want to make angry a little bit. Right. And, and so let me t- touch on both of those if I can. Let's start yeah. with the anti-ESG side. We've already seen uh, pressure coming uh, on, uh, say, BlackRock and other entities that want to invest in ESG and, and want to continue to promote that believing that that's not the path that investment should take place. So companies obviously are aware of this anti-ESG side and how much pressure that it may be able to bring in the next several months. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've seen, um, we've seen Texas pension funds being asked to, you know, pull out investments out of, for example, BlackRock, um, because because we have companies that, that include ESG in their in their investment strategies, and and some states are sort of opposed to that, um, and so yeah we, we we see pressure coming on on that side, and so so I think it's I think it's fairly clear that we can expect at that point that if potential pressure is looming, uh, that firms sort of dial back the extent to which they talk about it, um, and and try to keep some things private, even if they you know. If they believe that it's the right thing to do, they yeah. may just not want to talk about it too much uh, to, to not showcase their efforts and, and therefore then be pushed back about it. Uh, we've, I mean, on a, on a sort of similar notion, we've seen Disney facing uh, you know, severe backlash. This is not over greenhouse gas emissions, but over social justice uh, efforts. Yeah. 
and and so I, it's I mean obviously firms are trying to avoid sort of you know, having negative backlash at them. And, and so for, it's the right thing. And, and so for then on the other side of it, as you said, with green investors, I guess there's part of this where they expect things to be done on a certain timetable. And if a company doesn't kind of meet that expectation, they feel like that, that the company is not going forward as much as maybe they said they would. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So the, um, there's a recent article and, and a, uh, based on a recent survey by South Pole uh, that sort of you know comes out with this green hushing thing, uh, with this, with talking about green hushing, and and in the report South Pole writes how you know a very small number of respondents uh, indicated that they that they have set targets, but but indicated that they're not willing to disclose those targets. And the first sentence after that, they write that it uh, makes it harder to scrutinize the targets. And so I think from that sentence, right away, we can sort of see why firms may not want to uh, tell the world. Now, in the end, uh, firms' managers have a fiduciary duty to shareholders. Yeah. So to a certain extent, they should feel beholden to, to, to financial profit. And sometimes there's a trade-off. Um, and then it's, then, then it's, it's hard uh, when, you, when you sort of need to make a trade-off between you know, financial performance and and for example, greenhouse gas emissions. Um, yeah, it can, it, I, can, I can see how it's hard to sort of tell the world what exactly you're doing to kind of know that you cannot satisfy both sides. You cannot maximize cash flows and at the same time minimize yeah. greenhouse gas emissions in a short time frame. What then do you think then the reporting process sh- should be like and should include for a company that is focusing around ESG? Should there be a kind of a set set standards put in place to be able to to be able to access all of this information. I, I think that would be good. I think standardization could could help could go a long way in helping here. Um, I think what companies fear in part is standing out of the crowd. So you're the one who's reporting something and then you're the one um, being scrutinized. And so when when all of your competitors when you and all of your competitors have to disclose the same thing it's likely that it's not that different from each other. It's harder to stand out in both a positive and a negative way. And so when everybody's forced to sort of disclose the same metrics, then, then that may make it easier to do so. Uh, that may make it easier to disclose some forward-looking information uh, about similar metrics, a plan for the future rather than just a, you know, just the observation from the past year or so. Uh, so. So I think standardization could go a long way here, and, and we're obviously still a bit off of that where do you think that no go ahead finish up i'm sorry so if we if we look into the sec's proposed rules um one of the things we see is that that you know they're very clearly trying to standardize and and we see a couple of things that would minimize or would reduce green hushing on the other hand we also see a couple of things that that may encourage green hushing green hushing in a sense that some of the proposed rules by the SEC um, are sort of conditional statements that say if a firm does something, then they have to talk about it, leaving open the possibility that the firm doesn't even do it in the first place and therefore doesn't have to talk about it. So for example, if the, the firm has set a uh, greenhouse gas emissions target that includes scope three emissions, or if scope three emissions are material, then the firm has to disclose its scope three emissions. But if the firm doesn't do it, 
you know, then they don't have to talk about it. Uh, and yeah. so we sort of see, and, and even in the standardization process that we're having right now, even there we sort of see the potential for green hushing. Where do you think then this, this trend is headed, uh, especially if you don't see, you know, further pressure put on from, say, the SEC? I, I mean, I, w- I would say the uh, natural equilibrium is one where some firms disclose some of their activities and, and others do not. Uh, we know that firms tend to stay private when they want to avoid disclosure. Uh, going public brings with it a, a, a big duty to disclose, and, and that becomes, you know, that, that motivates firms not to go public. Um, so we know that, that firms do not tell us everything. So I don't think we should expect any, a, you know, a, an equilibrium where everybody tells us everything or nobody tells us nothing. Uh, yeah. Nobody tells us anything. Um, so, so as far as the expectation goes, we, I think we should continue to see greenwashing. We should continue to see green hushing, uh, and, and we should make the best of it. Um, and the, I talked to and a friend the expect- of mine. Oh, yeah, I was going to say the expectation is that, that with the, the, the growing interest around ESG, that this is not going to be an issue that's going to slow down in interest in, in the months and years ahead. That, that would be my guess. I mean, uh, the more interest we as a society have, the more pressure there is on firms to, to disclose and to talk about what they do. Uh, and as a result, there's going to be a, a set of firms that don't do that. Um, now, if we sort of want to list our worries here, I, I firmly believe in climate change, and I, I firmly believe that, that we all need to do something against it, and us all, that includes firms. So the, I would say the bigger worry is that it's not that firms greenwash and it's not that firms greenhush. The bigger worry is that nobody cares. Uh, I talked to a friend of mine, Jeff Hales. He's the chair at the ISSB, and he wrote a little article um, a half a year ago, and, and he tried to sort of make this argument. is that greenwashing is a side effect of people caring, and it's good that people care. When people care, we should expect change, and when people care, we should expect pretending to have changed, that firms sort of, you know, greenwash or greenhush or do things that make them look less bad. But underlying, it's good that we talk about it because it sort of shows that there are people out there who care. Mirko, great to have you with us today. Thanks very much for your time. All the best. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. You too. Mirko Heinle, who is uh, a professor, associate professor of accounting at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.